You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Busy professionals may not have the time to buy, renovate, and rent out a property. And if they live in expensive metros, they may not be able to find any properties that cash flow near them. This leaves them in the challenging circumstance that the only option they have is to buy property out of state that's already renovated and rented, also known as turnkey property. But does turnkey mean problem-free? I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. I can tell you most definitely turnkey does not mean problem-free. Rental properties are never truly turnkey, so don't let anyone try to convince you that they are. You can't just buy a property, whether it's turnkey or not, and forget about it because somehow, magically, checks will just show up in your mailbox. Properties are not like stocks. If you buy an Apple stock and your neighbor buys an Apple stock, you're basically buying the same thing, maybe just at a different price. But with real estate, every single property is different, even one that's next door to another. Therefore, turnkey or not, it still requires tremendous due diligence when buying any property. Our guest today was in that exact situation. He wanted to build a rental portfolio, but couldn't do it locally because it was too expensive. So he researched the turnkey model in depth and ended up creating systems that he'll share with us today on The Real Wealth Show. So Chris, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Tell us about your real estate investing journey and how you got started. I started buying real estate when I was 30. And as you can see, it's a little while ago now. But <laughs> I began in 2000 and um, just basically you know, bought a house near the beach, converted it into a duplex, moved out of it, bought a house, you know, fixed it up, moved out of it. I got lucky and sold that one just before the bubble burst. About 2013, I converted my IRAs into self-directed. And I started buying little condos here. I live in Palm Beach County near West Palm Beach. Okay. And, you know, I have some thoughts about whether or not people should own property completely in tax efficient products like that. But I caught a wave. I got some great appreciation. And, you know, when I was buying $40,000 condos that rented for $700, it was nice. But then when they were worth $80,000, it didn't feel as good. And watching all the depreciation go past and, you know, expenses that didn't change anything. So I ended up taking those properties, I sold them and actually moved them into your syndications. I've got money in Park City and in Costa Rica through you. And uh, at the same time, the job that I was working on was moving into a lot of design and construction management. I'm a certified project manager. I was working for a large dental group and I was building big dental practices in commercial retail tenant build-out spaces. So I was spending time running around with commercial brokers, uh, analyzing properties and market demographics and population and and doing a lot of that. At the same time, I was spending tons of time with architects and contractors, and I built up systems. My nickname is always Mr. Systems, Mr. Process. So <laughs> nice. put together ways to go from building one dental practice per year, which is what we had done, and it was chaos, to when I took over development, we cranked it up to 15 per year. So I joined that company in 06 when there were nine practices, and I left in September when there were 63 practices. Wow. So that was what I was doing in my career. At the same time, I was becoming disheartened with the stock market. Mm -hmm. Even though I watched it growing over the years, I started investing in the stock market in the spring of 2008. So it was a fun (laughs) first year. 
Really fun. In the summer of 2008, I focused my OCD on trying to figure out what was going on and how everything was falling apart and why all this money I poured in was gone. And um, it really clicked for me one day. It was actually on a Sunday. I was watching the talking heads and there were two economists, two PhDs were debating where things were going and how they were working. And my kids were like, come on, dad, let's go out, let's go play. And I'm sitting there surrounded by books and charts and maps. No, 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 I got to figure this out. And a spring broke in my head that said, if two PhD economists aren't going to agree, how am I going to get the right side of this? And that was it for me. After that, I moved those funds into index funds and let them ride for a while, wrote it back up. But I really started studying real estate hard then. I dug in really deep into turnkey about four years ago. And I started buying turnkey while working my job because to me, it was uh, far more controllable. It was more predictable. So I basically was looking for which market I wanted to go into. Uh, My wife in the meantime was finishing her residency to get her license as a physician. And, uh, you know, we were, I don't want it to sound wrong, but we had more money than we did time. And so we were perfect turnkey candidates, but I was also devoted to really learning how the business worked and how the numbers worked and understanding how to make the right decisions. And I had a rental property here that had, you know, I'm in Florida and I know you love Florida, but two things that get me where I am on the coast here is property tax and windstorm insurance. They really take a big bite. So I had a townhouse that went from a 130,000 up to 190,000. And during that time, the rent went from 1,200 to 1,300. And so turned over a lot of tenants because Palm Beach County is very transitional. People don't stick around very long. And it was a nice place. So people were, the kind of people who were moving in were getting ready to buy their own house, things like that. So after four years of four tenants, I took that property in 2017 and 1031'd it and bought three properties in Birmingham with it. I had studied all the different markets. I actually had one in Montgomery under contract and one in Huntsville under contract. And when they started to smell a little bit funny with what condition the turnkey provider was telling me they were in and what condition the local property managers were telling me they were in, I could see it wasn't working. So I got on a plane, checked them out, killed those contracts, found a good provider in Birmingham and just bought three houses. So what really hooked me on turnkey, Kathy, was having a townhouse that's losing about $3,000 a year and converting that equity into three single family houses in Birmingham that are now earning, you know, a total of $3,000 a year each. Wow. And having to stick my hand in my pocket to make that happen. So that was it. I was hooked. Exciting. So you said that when you were buying turnkey, you really dialed in the system. You're the systems guy. So what were the things that you now look back on and, and say, okay, this is how you buy turnkey. It's not as easy as just going, oh, that house looks good. I'll take that. Like what, what's your system for buying? Starting with the analysis from higher level down. You know, the first big question was which market? Where am I going to go? And I started looking at the primary turnkey markets I looked at Chicago, I looked at Atlanta, I looked at Memphis, I looked at all the different markets and some of them seemed a little late in the party. Um, some of them seemed like they had some pretty big issues. You know, Chicago, there's a provider there. I was looking at his properties for weeks and weeks and weeks and I couldn't get over the crime rate 
I noticed that 75% of his properties were in one town and it kept appearing on the list of 10 highest crime cities in the state of Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> like, how can you do that? You know, and initially I wanted to believe that, oh, well, anything, anywhere, if it's on their website, then it must be great. And I, I figured out really quick, I've got to do my own diligence. And, um, you know, picking the market was the first thing. I chose Alabama because of cash flow and you know, taxation and, you know, landlord friendly laws, all these things. And once I got settled in, I just haven't found a better market to go into yet. I want to diversify and spread out. But right now I'm still finding Alabama is the sweetest spot there is. So to answer your question, it's really doing your own diligence and your own analysis and not letting somebody pick it for you and not assuming that, you know, because the numbers look good on the pro forma, they're going to be fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I built my own pro forma spreadsheet and I kept tweaking it and I put reality in there. I'd like estimate future taxes, not just go by last year's homesteaded. Well, I love that you said that. So do do your own due diligence. Yeah. Could yeah. you just dive into that a little further? Because I couldn't agree more. Every property is different and everybody has a different parameter. So maybe the turnkey guys say, this is a great property, but it's not great for you, maybe. Like you said, somebody might love those parts of Chicago, even if there's high crime, because maybe they got the property for cheap, or maybe it cash flows high or whatever. So for one investor, it might be great. For another, it might not be. So how did you determine your parameters? It was basically on what I wanted my portfolio to do. I wanted to have a portfolio that I would hold for the long term, that I would sleep well at night as far as maintenance and repairs, that I didn't hold things too long past their depreciation point. I just made smart choices with the money. But I completely agree with you. Over the years, whenever a realtor would say, now's a great time to buy a house, I would say the best time to buy a house is the best time for you. <laughs> right. And here I am in Florida. My wife and I moved out of the townhouse to rent a house because she was making $35,000 a year as an MD resident. And I mean, I was making well into six figures, but we just said, let's let her get her job first. Let's let her get her residency. So I was buying turnkey houses while I was renting because mm -hmm. it wasn't the right time for me. Right. And now we bought our house. We're in it and we're happy. But the answer is people have to think about what do they want in their portfolio. I want mostly B properties. I don't want heavy swing markets. That's why I'm in Alabama. I want things that have an opportunity to appreciate. One of the biggest challenges I had with turnkey was getting my head around paying such a full price. Mm -hmm. I would look at comps and see houses going for half or two thirds of what I was paying. And I know that, you know, they're not all rehabbed and they're not all fresh and new, but I'd still ask, how long till I get my equity back or how long until I could sell this not to an investor and break even? And I really struggled hard before I started buying turnkey. So I, I kind of went through that process. But you know, they'll say that a convert is your biggest zealot. So now I look at turnkey as fantastic for that busy professional. And I'm truly sold on why it's worth it for that person to buy it at a full turnkey price. But you have to know what you want your portfolio to do. I have a C neighborhood B class fourplex in Montgomery. Uh, I also have an A duplex in an A neighborhood. Um, one of the markets I'm doing the most in Birmingham right now, it's called East Lake. And it's a market that was a low C, high D until about two years ago. Yeah. It's between downtown and center point. 
And it's an area that there's different sections of it. There's South East Lake, which is much better, and North East Lake, which is not. And even in South East Lake, you have to know the streets. So the person I hired lives in East Lake. And my realtor, who's you know 100% about investing, he's buying and selling in East Lake and holding in East Lake. And it's kind of like a um, the streets where I'm buying there are C plus and improving. And you know when you look at the market growth over the last couple of years, that zip code just did a 14% growth from 17 to 18 without new construction to skew it. And when you go to the local RIA meetings and you meet the old timers. They can't believe that you're making $100 a square foot in Eastlake because they grew up there. That's still the ghetto to them. But I pull into the right streets and I see work vans parked all the way down the road. So I'm buying there for my own portfolio because I know that right now, look, the properties I'm selling there are $85,000. They're right around $800 to $850 in rent and they're on the increase. I I just put one under contract there the other day. The one two doors over sold for $90,000. My contractor did that rehab for them, and I got it for 30 and my rehab's about 30 So I'm running right around two-thirds of ARP, but there's different pockets in the metro area. Some are always going to be C. They're never going to appreciate, and you're going to have tougher tenants and more turnover and more maintenance and repairs. You know this. The A markets aren't going to grow as much. You're not going to get as good a return. You may or may not have a better class of tenant. It's just... More than anywhere, even more than down here in Palm Beach County, it is street by street. You got to know, I mean, five houses make a new pocket. And so how do you know? Do you discuss it with the property manager or how do you decide to take those kinds of risks? Because that's, I mean, that's what Real Wealth Network's been doing since 2009 is, is going into pretty risky areas. I mean, back then we were going into fully boarded up neighborhoods and, and investors took risk, but now those neighborhoods have turned around, but some didn't. So how do you determine it? And do you just get feedback from some local people or what metrics do you use? Yeah. So I talk to different realtors, different property managers, and I walk the street and look at the cracks in the sidewalk and talk to the people. I, I, I go up and down those streets myself. I'm on a plane tomorrow to Birmingham. Like I said, I'm there all the time because I'm not going to just believe anything from one or two people. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people who've bought turnkey that are unhappy they're complaining about the location. They didn't get the renewals they were hoping for. They've had problems with the properties. And I don't want to be a rehabber. You know, I don't want to be a fix and flipper. I want passive income. But I want to do that rehabbing and sell a few of them because that's what I need to do in order to fund the buying. What I joke is that I, I fix and flip houses to fund my fix and hold addiction. <laughs> yeah. So. To answer your question, it's mostly through that local project property management knowledge. I I have relationships with different ones in town for different firms. So I'm always picking people's minds and going to the RIA meetings. I time my trips with that and just diving as deep as I can into that market. So one of the things I do is I look at it like the golden rule. If my sister, who doesn't own a house other than the one she lives in, wanted to buy turnkey, and she were looking at a house, do I think this would be a good first house for her? And I think a brand new person should probably start in a solid B. Mm -hmm. No big swings, no big risks. They don't need to be the first one out of the foxhole for a neighborhood. But, you know, good quality rehab, good quality project management, good quality tenant, 
I feel good about that with my sister. That's the house that I want to own. And that's the only thing I'm going to make an offer on or sell to somebody. I will not do something that I think somebody will be unhappy with, even though you might want a C and I can go get you a C and do a C grade rehab on it. It's my brand. And it's not, even if you want it, I don't know that you'll be happy with it. So it's almost like I'm looking more for like-minded buyers who look at it like I do. An A here, a C there, but nice, strong, high-grade rehab work. I couldn't agree more. That's my kind of thing, too. We had a big group of Australians come during the downturn, just banging on our doors, asking for properties. They wanted $30,000 properties that rented for $900 a month. And some of the providers in the different markets tried to, to give them what they wanted as mm-hmm. opposed to saying, no, this is what I do. And they ended up in neighborhoods that just didn't recover. Um, and even though it looks pretty good on paper to buy a $30,000 property that rents for 900 of course, it's harder to get, you know, maybe impossible today. But uh, it looked good on paper, but in reality, it was a nightmare, especially to manage from uh, Australia or from anywhere, for that matter, even if you lived nearby. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all about the B neighborhood. That's my favorite you know, and, and you're going to have difficult tenants even in, in A and B neighborhoods. I mean, people are people, yeah. but it's going to maybe be less. Uh, I don't know what your experience has been there. I've done pretty good. I'm dealing with my first eviction right now out of, well, I don't know, probably 40 or 50 tenant years worth of landlording, my first one. So I'm happy. I've been waiting for it to get here. You know, good. <laughs> now. And it, it's in an A minus neighborhood, Forestdale. And I wish it wasn't happening, but it is. And, and we'll get through it and we'll get the house back and we'll do it again. Because right now, since I started doing this full time, I haven't kept one yet. I've just been buying, rehabbing and selling. So I, I wanted to build up the war chest and I've done that now. All right. So any last tips to, let's say, people just getting in? Like you said, you would want your sister to start with a B property. What do you recommend for new investors who are busy and don't have the time to, you know, fly out to the market as often as you do? And what are your tips when buying turnkey from out of state when you're busy? Before you start this process, you have to decide how much you need to learn and you have to decide when you're going to actually take action when you begin doing. Because I see a lot of people get stalled out thinking they need to know more and they need to know more and they need to know more. And then they don't pull that trigger. I basically said to myself, look, once I get the math, once I know what my parameters are, once I know what my my minimum standards are going to be, what is my plan of attack then? Pick a city, find a property manager, pick a neighborhood, start looking at properties. I already know the parameters for my property. Once I find it, pull the trigger, make an offer. And with turnkey, it's easy. You're barely making offers. You're pretty much accepting them. But I don't need to analyze it a lot further once I've gone through that. I I do that same thing today. I know what neighborhoods I want to be in. I know what my purchase plus rehab needs to be in ratio to my ARV. I don't have to overthink it. As soon as one like that goes by, I shoot it. It's done. Target. Got it. Does that make sense to you? Did I answer you well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's this fine line between jumping in too quickly mm-hmm. and ending up with a dog, you know, basically a, a lemon of a property and yeah. and doing something and, you know, jumping in and getting in the game. So not going too quickly, but not going too slowly. 
Um, mm-hmm. Having that checklist. Now we have a checklist we give to people that you know includes making sure you get your third party inspection, make sure you get your appraisal if you can. We highly recommend getting out there and seeing the property because every property is different. And it, it just might not feel good. You know, if it doesn't feel good when you walk through it, it's not going to feel good to a tenant. Uh, yeah, these are things you can only maybe know when you're there, but you don't. It's not a requirement. So yeah, I mean, th- those are just some of the things, you know, definitely talk to the property manager, go online and look at rental comps. If you exactly. go online and look at house comps, it is confusing because some of the comps are just unrenovated properties that may just not be on as good a street or whatever. Talk to property managers other than the one that you're about to go in with. Yeah, talk <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your tips here on The Real Wall Show. I hope you're getting all the deductions of, mm-hmm. of being a real estate professional now that you don't have a full-time job. I'm um, looking forward to my 2019 tax refund. I think you're going to be really excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for joining me here on The Real Wall Show. I'm Kathy Fetke, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.